Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of my podcast, Is Breakfast Included? <laughs> How you guys doing today? Good? Good. Today on the show, I sit down with my good friend Jude Dylan Martinez. Now, I met Jude several years ago when he was just a young punk guitar player, and he's a hell of a guitar player. I loved his band back then, but then in the last several years, he's transitioned into more of a songwriter slash producer, and he's worked with some really cool artists. We talked about that. We talked about his early days. We talked about his current band, Vaudeville. Uh, and mainly we just kind of shot the shit. It was two old friends getting together, catching up. Um, he said some really nice things about me and I appreciate that, but it was a lot of fun. It was getting, it was fun getting to, uh, catch up with him after so many years. Um, so I hope you guys dig it. Let's check it out. Well, cool, man. Well, let's get this started. Introduce yourself. What up? I'm Jude Dylan Martinez. I am a writer producer from Ennis, Texas. Down 45 from you. <laughs> or it used to be. Right on, man. Uh, how'd you get started, man? Man, um... In the producing game. I, I you, you were a guitar player, mm-hmm. right? Is that, is that oh, what yeah. led you down this path? Yeah, I played guitar. Um, actually, from my Bay Mom Motive. You remember the <laughs> Tower of Power days. <laughs> <laughs> um, played guitar in rock groups and did all that stuff and got in the country world somehow playing guitar and then started producing all of a sudden and... It was a weird deal. I produced, uh, actually started producing for My Motive back in the day when we were going to record our, you know, album. I wanted to be ready before we got to Braxton, yeah, you know, Henry, and I was like, just do some demos and, you know, a little two track turned into a four track, and a four track turned into, you know, yeah. stuff I didn't know how to use, and here I am, man. Right just, on. Who were who are your guys early on? Who got you to start playing guitar? Man, um, Skid Row. Like literally Skid Row, I started watching because I grew up. I mean, my uncle, you remember my uncle Johnny Ortiz? Yeah, Hot Pursuit. Yeah, dude. He was a singer. And so following them and watching them and watching Wanted, you know, all the bands from from our local town and stuff that were hitting when I was a kid, I just looked up to everybody and I was like, man, I want to do that. And, you know, I got into Skid Row early on and George Lynch, you know, and, you know, obviously a Beatles fan and wanted to learn to do all that because of, you know, growing up on it. But the 80s, man. How old were you? When I started playing guitar? Yeah, when you started playing. Man, I started playing drums when I was uh, five. I'm originally a drummer. And I started okay. playing, you know, with older cats when I was probably 10, 11 years old as a drummer. But then I <clears throat> also played guitar, and that kind of led to me being a guitar player full time when really I wanted to be a drummer. So right <laughs> still would rather be a drummer. And your first band? My first band was uh, what we called Racket. How old were you? <laughs> I was 12, 13 years old. And it was me, Adam Carrillo, obviously, <laughs> um, and Eric Zapata, who was a blues kid, and me and Adam were rockers. And people may know that guy now. From yeah, he plays with uh, Gary Clark Gary Jr. Gary Clark Jr. Yeah, it was weird because he was one day we were playing and we played clubs opening for Adam's dad's Tejano band, <laughs> and we didn't really get. And we said there were gigs, but technically we we're just doing the sound checks. <laughs> Right, And then when they would take a break, because they would play all night, we would go play during the break, blues, and it was just straight Stevie Ray Vaughan, and Stevie Ray Vaughan, and more Stevie Ray Vaughan. <laughs> and so, and Skinner, you know, we would play some of that. And Eric one day was like, man, I'm moving to Austin, I'm gonna, you know, because his parents were split up, and he's like, I think I'm going to start a blues band. I'm like, dude, blues is dead, you're never going to do anything with it. Yeah. And then later on, fast forward a couple of years, he's like, playing with some guy named Gary Clark Jr. I was like, who is that? And he goes, blues, and... 
like, dude, that stuff's dead. It's not going anywhere. And me and Adam are doing rock. Come back. You yeah. know, and <laughs> here we are. <laughs> He's, you know, Gary Clark Jr. is pretty amazing, man. But that yeah. was our first first band, first real band. Right on. Yep. And then, uh, I mean, you and Adam. Day one. Day one, right? Day, day one, one to now. Our grandparents played in bands together. Our parents are best friends. You know, our dads and stuff just ran together and did all that. And I got stuck with him, man. So <laughs> still stuck with him. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so fast forward to uh, when you started really playing, taking it serious. Uh, you were in a band called... My Motive? Flip 44. Flip 44, which yeah. became My Motive. Yeah. And I remember at the time, man, you guys, you guys really... Uh, had had you were working towards your own sound right yeah we were we came in about i guess it was the rap rock days man right when that was kind of hitting and yeah. also leaving yeah. and it was weird man because uh i met you, i remember i met you at the galaxy club yeah and uh we dropped who was it me and adam and donnie dropped off a cassette tape that we recorded in the garage at my grandma's house <laughs> <laughs> and it was a demo and i was like dude we got to record a bunch and let's just go and hand them out in clubs in deep element and see what happens and who was it? it? Was Buffy Jacobs and Kent? Was it Kent? Kent? Yeah. They were at the bar, and I think you might have been in there because we walked in and just dropped it off, and they looked at it and they're like, "A cassette." Most <laughs> people are dropping off CDs, and they're like, "That's all we got." And so they're like, "Can you play on Sunday?" We're like, "Yep." And they're like, "We're only giving you a shot because you're the only people that dropped off a tape." <laughs> <laughs> so they they booked us for a Sunday, man, and. And I'll never forget it. There's like 200-something people because obviously our Mexican families, you yeah. know, and all of our they, friends. They, and They underestimated. Yeah, dude. It was like 200-something people. Like, you want to play on Friday? Like, yep. And so we kind of hit hard right off the jump because yeah. just yeah. because of our, you know, family and friends and so. But luckily it kind of, it grew. I mean, it picked up pretty quick, you know, yeah. for us anyway. And then after my motive, you guys are still playing, but you kind of ventured off and started not really producing, mainly like kind of surrounding yourself with songwriters. I did. So, so I got called in to come work with um, Kid Craddock and Josh Medlock. Do you know? I don't know if you know him or not. Yeah, I do. They uh, called me in to come do some camp thing they're doing or to work with some kid. And I was like, who's this kid? And they kept telling me his name. And I was like, man, I don't know. I'm too rocker for that. Dude. I'm rock and roll and whatever. And so I went in anyway and did it just to get, you know, tied to Kid Craddock and stuff and try to be in that mainstream world and ended up being justin bieber and he was like 13 years old and i was just like you know what are we doing let's do this and <laughs> i just became friends with him and you know his mom and manager and just people like that and just stayed in contact and from that point it was just like hey you want to write hey do you want to come do a show and yeah you know just stuff like that and that's when i was like i think i need to write and start writing and producing because early on i got um introduced to just kind of from his name attachment to yeah. other people that led me to write with bigger writers and start having a name for producing and i took my first producing he didn't even know i was producing you know so was he coming out of that youtube he was that's when he first he wouldn't even he wasn't even big it was just literally he just started blowing up on youtube and everybody started kind of watching him and i think it's right when he signed with usher like it was at the very baby stages of it and i mean it went from the first day he was in in dallas there's five six girls out there to thousands the next time he came back you know and it was and we all know how that ended up. Insane, man. But <laughs> And who who was the first uh, other than him? Who what did that lead you to? 
What uh, other writers? What other artists did you man? Work I with? worked with Zach Malloy right after that. Um, Derek Taylor. I think didn't you? Inter- I think you introduced me to Derek Taylor. Yeah, yeah. For mixing and or mixing and mastering and yeah. stuff. And uh, he, me, and Derek became really good friends and really tight. And he's like, "Hey, I got. I'm friends with Zach Malloy. You know, you should try to write with him in Nashville." So through Derek's recommendation, you know, whatever, I ended up going with his referral and went with Zach. And Zach took me in and we wrote a song and that again opened doors and. I ended up writing with Zach Malloy a lot and just, again, just being cool and knowing Zach and Zach putting a word in for me, man, just led to more, you know, co-writes and which led me to working with more unsigned artists, you know, kind of doing the artist development thing. And I worked with the girls, Maddie and Tay, who were actually nominated tonight for vocal duo of the year. Yeah. yeah. And, um, well, I remember you introduced you to Maddie, Maddie Marlowe. Oh yeah. Maddie Marlowe. Early early on before that. So, um, when you started working for Zach, were you already were you were you already a, a seasoned songwriter, or did no, he teach you a lot? Not. I remember you were really good at writing mm-hmm. music and arranging music. The the the, the stuff from uh, the my motive stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember I just was all the layers you were put. You were doing oh, yeah. that stuff without <laughs> like yeah <laughs> uh, without thinking like I got to play this shit live. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, that was definitely not thought about. What did you learn from Zach? Man, he just taught me the sh- to, dude. It was weird because I thought I was a good songwriter, and then I went in with Zach, who's an amazing songwriter, and I just got put in my place because he was just so quick. And I'm like throwing lines out and throwing ideas out, and he's like, "Yeah, but that's not cool." Yeah, but then he was straight up, you know, and and he just really taught me how to really how to make something not sound bland or not sound generic and make it sound cool with just how to reword stuff. And if you're going to say something, how can you say it to make it really pop and make it make relatable, you know? And he just, he kind of made me really add depth to my writing versus just writing a song for the sake of writing songs. Cause you hear people say, Oh, I write country songs or I write this kind of song and you hear it and it's just like, there's nothing relatable, you know, and it just doesn't make sense or it's just kind of out there. And he just, I mean, he just taught me how to dial in what I was doing, you know, and hone my craft a little bit better. So, yeah. Um, coming from where you come from, I've, I've, I know your past, I know all your bands, I know your style of music that you play. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of uh, came into your own with a country band. I did. Vaudeville. Yeah. But what I what I noticed differently from that is a lot of cats that I know from that time that you know that they're rock guys just playing country. Yeah. You know, they they, they for some reason they can't let go and, and play for the song. Right. They just still play for themselves. How did you get out of that mentality? Because I've heard the vaudeville mm-hmm. and it sounds like a, a, a unit yeah. working together oh, yeah. for the song. Um man, it was weird. It was one of those things where I was working with this girl. And playing with her, me and Adam and Donnie were, and she was a solo artist. But whenever we went to Nashville, everybody was like, um, how does she separate from all the other hot blonde girls in Nashville trying to make it? And across the world, I'm like, I don't know. You know, and I started writing for her, but everything I was writing sounded like Miranda Lambert and sounded like everything they were saying. So one day we decided, like, why don't we start a band and just see what happens and you know, so we did some rearranging within the band and got guys in that wanted to be part of something fresh. And everybody's like, "Oh, we're doing the new thing," but it was just so much. It was just one of those things where it was like I've been. I was writing country for a long time already in Nashville and knew the formula. Because you know, Nashville is a formula. Kind of yeah. knew that thing, but I was like, "How can I do what I do from the rock world, but incorporate it into the country world?" Well, I couldn't because it just didn't. 
you know, like you said, it's just like the rock guys try to go into it and still have that thing. But I basically had to look at it as being from straight country perspective, you know, got rid of the Paris Smiths and played tellies and, yeah. you know, changed the whole game up as far as what I did personally. But writing, man, it was just, it was easy, you know, as far as just taking what I was doing for all these country artists and just applying it to what, what we did as a unit. Because the biggest thing we got was, you guys are great, y'all sound good, but y'all don't sound like a unit, you know, like you're saying. And it was actually Red 11, you know, that told us that at South by Southwest. They're like, man, we really want to work with y'all, but y'all just got to tighten what you're doing up. And we did, we went to Nashville and we were, I mean, we wrote 200 songs in a year and we're, you know, under all these big writers helping us and helping us uh, hone our craft. But figuring it out, dude, took us a long time because people were like, how long have you been doing it? Like five years, six years, seven years until we finally, you know, got into our sound. But it was really taken out trying to be the rock country thing, you know, because that's what we were originally. And just trying to be a band. Yeah, and it's like, let's just write what we want to write for because that's what we want to do. Yeah, once you did that, how was it accepted? It was quick. I mean, because we ended up coming up with, you know, a look and a vision, you know, just kind of the image and everything, put it all together. And it was like, if somebody sees what we look like, would it relate to the sound? You know, and we did and it worked. And people accepted us because we weren't chasing what was out there, you know, because what I learned in Nashville writing with these big writers is that everything on the radio now is two years old. Yeah. You know, a year and a half, but you know, being an artist and all these artists, writers out here chasing the, chasing the sound, they're writing what's out, what's popping right now versus not knowing what's going to hit yeah. in two years. Yeah. Yeah. And so luckily we were ahead of the curve with that, you know, mm-hmm. because we were in Nashville so much, you know, doing that. So are you guys still a band? We are. Um, we, yes and no. <laughs> it's because we uh, we were hitting hard, COVID hit, and we were about to make the move to Nashville and had a fix and sign a management deal and do all this stuff. And COVID hit and it slowed just, I mean, just like everybody. Yeah. And we're, yeah. everybody, management was like, let's just put this on hold, see what happens for a few months. And we're about to go on tour, like a first official tour, and everything just went to a stop. Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, I got busy during COVID because Zach Malloy, you know, being one of the main guys, just they're all writing. Everybody was like, well, I guess all we could do is write, you know, and do this. So I was doing so many demos, production demos for all these writers that I just got so busy. I couldn't keep up. Yeah. And I was like, I think this is where I need to be, you know, just focus on, you know, because I have a little girl. So it allowed me to stay home and worry about me and not babysit, you know, yeah. band members and have to go through all that. Cause there was a lot and of keep that. working. Yeah. yeah. And so I stayed home and during COVID man, when, you know, it, it was horrible seeing musicians go through what they're going through, but I was so busy, dude. Like I, it was, it was, it was a blessing that I got so busy, you know, but Zach kept me busy and saw these other writers in Nashville cause studios weren't working in Nashville because. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody just, was working. They just weren't, but yeah. I was. <laughs> I was like, let's go, you know, but I got busy. And after that, I was just, it, I got in my own, just got comfort zone, man, where I was just like, I'm busy. I'm home yeah. every day. You know, I don't have to babysit. I don't have to stress over, we going here, we doing this, we got to book shows and chasing all that. And just made it easier to just, you know, kind of do that. But we, we do pick up gigs every now and then because we'll get called to do a last minute like festival or something. Yeah. We'll go do it. We don't re- we'll rehearse one day because we've been doing it for seven, eight years that, Hey, here's a set list. Let's just do it and go and do it. And we did that twice already, but we're yeah. not actively playing, no. Are there any uh any bands right now that are uh, impressing you? New or old? New. 
Man, Morgan Wallen, I would say probably like new bands if you're talking about like country stuff. Yeah. Dude's amazing. Um, Him and, I mean, I don't know, dude. It's weird because there's not real. I don't really listen to, to radio as much as I should. Yeah. I but, used to, but I'm, dude, I'm so stuck on like Tears for Fears right now, their <laughs> new record. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. really, I don't, it's hard for me to get into stuff. It's like I listen to the, listen to everything we used to listen to. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I was, because when I was, when I was writing a lot and being in Nashville, I had to know who was current, who was hot, who was doing what, because I was writing with these big songwriters that are writing all these hits. So I had to be in the know of what the sound is, how their formula is, and doing all that. But when you write something, do you have an artist in mind or do you just have a, you know, do you write something and say, like, Oh, this would sound good if this person oh, yeah. sang it. Yeah, yeah. But you don't have any control over that, right? Once you write the song, it's presented by a publisher yeah. to everyone. Yeah. Kind of sh- like I'll write shopped around. Yeah, I'll write songs and and I'm like, man, this I'll send an email out. Like if I'm writing with Zach or with like Ashley Gorley, who's insane. You know, he's like one of the biggest writers in country music. Um, I'll just send an email out, hey, here's a couple of songs, let me know what y'all think. And, you know, I think it'd be great for this person or if I'm on co-writes with somebody, they automatically know, oh, this would be great for Luke Bryan or this would be great for, you know, whoever and try to pitch it that way. And Yeah. So you don't have a, uh, you don't have that, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You're not too good to say like, oh, this sounds like Luke Bryan or this sounds no. like, you know, uh-uh. so you don't care if it's a pop country artist Dang, or a- Go get me my money. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not, man. I love it. How do you feel about people who who say like, "Oh, that's bro country" or "That's prop country"? In my eyes, there's a whole new crop of bands coming up, like Cole Wetzel and you know that type of thing. Where to me, it's a rock band, uh, but they're doing country music, mm-hmm. kind of. Mm-hmm. And I maybe I'm a little late to the game, but some of that stuff's really cool to me. And then some of it, I think like you're. Some of them are trying too hard. Yeah. You know? There's a there's there's some new cats. I mean, there's a guy from around here named Cody Jinx that's doing the whole oh, yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. outlaw thing. Mm-hmm. And 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 I remember him singing for a band at Club Indigo and What? He was in a band called uh Oh my god, I, the the name just slips. He he was sang for a band called uh At Indigo? Yeah, I can't remember the name. I'll, I'll remember it, I'll tell you. Unchecked aggression. No, he didn't. And that was his band. That was him? And then several years later, somebody told me about Cody Jenks, and I didn't know who it was. And they're like, yeah, dude, he sang for this band. But yeah, like him, like he's doing it on a level now, and I think he's completely independent. Yeah, he's a big, he's a big, he's uh, a big name now. But how do, you, how do you feel about cats like that? Like trying to, they're doing their own thing, but they're keeping a little bit of, of, the, uh, of the old school, I guess. Dude, I don't. I was a fan of bro country because I like rap and I like pop music. Like I'm a fan of it, right? Yeah. Just as much as I am rock. I liked it from the get go when Florida Georgia Line was doing it because Chief, I don't know if you remember Chief, he was Nickelback's guy. He was uh, their sound guy and ran a lot of their yeah. ran a lot of their business. His name's Kevin Kevin Zarook. Anyway, he was running Nickelback and I met him a long time ago in the Nickelback world. Well, fast forward, he jumped over to the country world in Nashville, and there was this band called Florida Georgia Line, and they were like, hey, you should try to write some songs for him, be good, and just rock, you know, whatever, and just bro country. Well, I liked it, and I got in early on it, and 
they were really good and I liked it. And then all of a sudden another band comes out sounding like it. And then all these, it just got flooded with bands that were just watered down Yeah, doing that. And I'm like, man, it was cool at first. Now it's just watered down because everybody is doing it. And then it's weird because like in Texas country, it's like, oh, it's Texas country, anti-Nashville and anti this and that. But I'm like, you guys are still doing the bro country stuff. You're just not rapping, but the music's exactly the same. Yeah. Exactly the same. They're like, no, it's not. It's not like that. I'm like, yes, it is. Just listen to it. You're talking about, you know, you want to live in dirt and you want mud. And I'm like, Florida Georgia Line did that like seven or eight years ago. Like, here's a song. It's exact. You yeah. know, just take out the rapping. But now you got the guys who are like outlaw country, like you said. And, you know, we know those bands. And it's basically 90s rock. I guess, yeah. Is and it? like I said, I was late to the game with Cole Wetzel, but I dig what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, it was weird because right, again, this was right before COVID, they were looking for a guitar player, and Dre, their drummer, I'd hit him up. I was like, hey, y'all need a guitar player? So he's like, yeah, can you come to audition tomorrow? It was like a Monday morning. He This was Sunday, and he goes, you want to audition? Show up to Denton. I think it's Panhandle or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right there on If you want to audition. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm down. Then I started listening to it, and I was like, it's cool, man. I could get with this. And then... I started like watching YouTube videos and all this. I was like, man, I don't think this is for me. I'm too old for this. You know what I'm saying? Like, just yeah. figured age wise. And then now I'm looking at them like, dang, they're popping, man. <laughs> they're doing it big. But yeah, you know, I just, I just feel like it's, it's country stuff, man. But at the same time, they all end up going to Nashville. And I know. used to say, and who am I? But I used to say that all the Texas country who were anti Nashville, all their booking into agents had Nashville numbers. Yep. <laughs> you know? Yep. I guess What's funny hears. is whenever I first joined, when I first started in Texas country, man, um, I was working with this artist who was real big, and it was like we were on a tour bus playing big shows, playing huge shows. And then um, maybe five, six months into it, he fired his management, Nashville management team, mm -hmm. fired his Nashville booking agent. And I was just like, oh, God. He goes, dude, we're good. Don't worry. I was like, all right, cool. Well, then we started writing for his new record, and it was just real rootsy and just real scaled back. And I'm like, man, this ain't what I signed up for. Well, we went from doing all that big stuff to playing in front of nobody, dude. Like, there's like three people at one bar in Oklahoma we played at. And I'm like, what happened? You know? And yeah. he fired everybody. Yeah. And because the and, machine. Yeah. He fired the machine. But he did that, come to find out, because he didn't want to record a major label kind of like a debut in Nashville with Nashville guys and producers because he wanted his brother to produce it. And, play guitars on it and do all that and i'm like man let's go what are you doing <laughs> like but yeah man it's weird everybody in texas is anti-nashville but once they get the shot at nashville they're gone yeah, yeah there's quite a few of them that i know that are just like f nashville and f this and i'm like you're retarded you know y'all call it selling out i'm trying to buy into that mug let's go <laughs> but they do, man. It's all of them. They're in Nashville signing deals. I'll be in Nashville hanging out somewhere, you know, at a at a writer's round, and all of a sudden these dudes walk in. I'm like, what are y'all doing here, you know? And yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. It's, I mean, like you said. I don't knock them. It's just like, man, just go do it. Everybody's trying to make money, and everybody's trying to get a hit. Yeah. Go get a hit. You ain't yeah. going to do it in Texas. No. I've had like three number ones in Texas, and you know what I got? Nothing. <laughs> I've had nothing in Texas, and it's just like, you don't get a good job. Congratulations. Like, hey, your song's at number one today. Great. Do I get a plaque? Do I get <laughs> mailbox? Nothing, dude. <laughs> um, is there any artist you'd like to work with? Um, like, if you could pick one artist to say, like, yeah, man, that's that's who I want to work with. Yeah, dude. I've, Doesn't have to be country. Mm, 
And it can't be John Lennon because <laughs> <laughs> that would be that'd be an obvious man. I want to work. It's weird. I want to work with Rihanna, and um, mainly because Nuno did that record with her. I don't yeah. know if you remember that. Yeah, or not. yeah, yeah. And ever since then, dude, I'm just like I need to go. I want to do that, like her or um, Hardy. Okay, know, just because that's kind of the that's the way I write, and that's kind of my the way I do that stuff. But really, them two in and um, who else was I? That I saw, um, Billie Eilish. Yeah. She's amazing, dude. Incredible. Yeah. I saw yeah. them at ACL. Oh, yeah. That was great. And I was it? like, oh, my God. Like, it was it was a beating to sit out there, but it was just amazing when it, you know, just seeing it and just watching her. Because at first, my little girl and, you know, they're just like, I love Billie Eilish. I'm like, what is this? And I didn't <laughs> get it. I was like, whatever. But then when I sat down and watched her and her brother, and it was incredible, man. So talented. And I'm like, if I could write, it'd be with them. And young, both of them. Like, both. They got albums worth of material in them. In a bedroom. Yeah. Producing it in their bedroom. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think it'd be something like that, man. Just to kind of change the, you know, my headspace is so different than what it used to be. Because if it was like, it was rock and that was it. Then it went to where it was country and that was it. But now it's just. So now you're just mainly producing, writing, mm-hmm. developing. Is there anyone in, in particular you're working with that you can talk about or um, that you're excited about? Man, there's quite a few. There's uh, that young cat, Rob Brooks, which I just showed you some of yeah, his stuff a while yeah. ago. He's really good, man. He's talented, needs a lot of – he just needs direction and guidance. And Adam – it's funny because Adam told me that I'm the new – I'm you for us – back in the day me yes you (laughs) and i was like what do you mean by that because me and him were driving over here and he's like dude remember bernie how he took us under his wing and helped us and developed and tried to like tell us kind of guided us i'm like yeah he goes that's what you're doing with us and i'm like no i'm not that's not me (laughs) but after thinking about it it is man it's just like you know i just hate seeing people get screwed over and help you know spend all this money at these studios and all these places and just get robbed and i'm just like dude I could do this. This is, this is, I'll lay it out for you and, yeah. you know, let's go. But there's a few artists like Rob that I work with. And there's this other girl named KB that I work with that's really, really good. Um, I'm low key trying to put a team, like a s- small roster together of artists that I could work with that I'm working with, writing and producing for. Yeah. And developing them from the ground up, even though they've had stuff already out, just starting from scratch and just trying to see if, you know, with all the connections and the people, that I know now and see if I could do something to help, you know, further their yeah. their career because it's like I feel like I'm not in that boat and I don't want to be in that boat anymore, but I made enough connections to do that that now I'm just like, see if I could help somebody else, you know, that's really talented and has the drive because there's a few artists I worked with that were amazing but lazy. I mean, yeah. our band being one of them, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, man, what's the best advice anyone's ever given you? Um, or, or the best advice just in general that you could apply to this or that, or don't say no and take everything you could take given to you, whether it's big, small, yeah, good, bad, there's, you know, and never drink and get <laughs> trashed, yeah. you know, and I learned, I actually learned that with you. <laughs> it's funny, dude. Cause look, I'll tell everybody this. You were with Mudflap. We were in at K. Yeager Coliseum. It was on the Yeager tour. Yeah. It was you, you guys, it was Three Days Grace and Stained Headlined. Remember that? Yeah, I do. Okay, here we go. So everybody was getting hammered and drinking and doing all that stuff, and I wasn't drinking because I was just trying to be, you know, watching and seeing who was doing what. 
Well, I met Stain's security guard that night, right? Hung out with him on the bus while everybody was getting hammered and hanging out and stuff. And um, from him, I met Aaron Lewis. And then from Aaron Lewis, it was like I kept in contact with them, which they helped my motive a little, you know, our band yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And were guiding us and helping us out. Well, fast forward all these years later, Aaron Lewis is in country world now. And so I still talk to Aaron. And actually, when I saw him in Nashville this last time, I hung out. And that's the connection. It was just like from that one day with you, not drinking, <laughs> you know, that's what I was getting at is like, I've made all these connections like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. With yeah, all yeah. these big people. Because every time I get to hang out with people or meet people wherever I'm at, big timers, yeah. I never drink. I never party. I don't do none of that because I want to be level-headed. Yeah. And if I have a beer in my hand, it's literally probably the same beer from the whole night because I don't want to be like, oh, he's a cool dude. We got fucked up together. You know? Yeah, yeah. You don't want that to be the, never, the, ever, the relation. Ever, That's dude. the guy I was throwing up in the Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be that dude. And even though you could be that guy and be fun and they're going to look at you as the party guy or, yeah. you know, oh, it was a cool hang, whatever. But, you know, the biggest thing I, I took away from is relationship building, man. Relationships. Networking, man. That's, That's it, the most dude. important. I mean, I, I'm not an artist. But what where I've gotten to today is all through networking. Right. I tell people I'm not a good tech. I'm a good hang, <laughs> dude. That's so funny because when I started going to Nashville to do all these co-writes, they would report back to the guy that was helping me get all these um, co-writes. Like, man, dude, super cool, great writer or young writer, but he's super cool to hang out with, super cool to be around. Everybody enjoyed him. Yeah. And then they always told me it's always about being a great hang and being you know a cool dude. Yeah. That that'll get you invited back more than you know, being an amazing writer, but being a jerk. Yeah, you know? 90% of this whole industry is your personality and getting along with people. That's it, man. And that's it It does. It, it works. And I was trying to tell Adam and, you know, all these other artists, I'm like, hey, when y'all go out, don't – you can have a, have a good time, have a drink, babysit it, but don't – because, you know, when we go play shows at venues out of state, yeah, dude, I don't drink. I'll have a Red Bull in my hand and meeting the bar owners or the book guy who booked yeah. the show – just to try to get in good graces with them to build a relationship so I could hit them up and be like, hey, man, love to come back on our own instead of with Pat Green or, <laughs> yeah. you know, some of these guys. And it, it's worked, man. And that's how I built all my relationships and built connections. And I have, a, you know, I could pick up a phone call and make a, yeah, you know, do something. So that's what got me. That's what I would, that's why I tell everybody. I preach that so much, man, is just relationships and being cool. But I learned that with you a long time ago because literally oh, thanks, man. you literally that was that was the first connection i ever had was with aaron lewis's security guard and then aaron lewis and then that going all the way through the rock world into the country world you know same yeah. same way with i met aaron lewis's security guard who introduced me to the nickelback guys which is chief the one i was telling you about yeah. who is now in the country world who is responsible for florida georgia line yeah, and Hardy. I think everyone is in the country world now. Yeah, and Hardy and them. Yeah. So it's like it all spills over. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. it's just from being cool, being you know, being a good hang. Yeah, that's what it's about, man. You keep mentioning Adam. We could do a whole episode <laughs> on, on 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 experiences with Adam. We, yeah, let's not go there because that's a whole other <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, I love him though, man. He's like my brother, man. Super sweet dude. Would we'll do anything uh, for you. He's in my top five favorite people. <laughs> Adam, I would do anything for him. Yeah, um, man. With long term, where do you see all this going? Do you want to be an artist? Do you want to be a producer? Do you want to be a writer? All of the above. I'm done with the. I think I'm done with the music thing. You're trying to be an artist and trying to make it, man. It's great. I think I, I eventually want to. I want to give one more last raw and go on the road one more time. Mm -hmm. 
but in the pop world or something different that I haven't done in a, yeah, yeah. In a long time. But I, but it would have to be with something that's already established. established. But I don't want to do it long term. I just want to go get like a filling gig, say I did it and be done, you know. Yeah. But ultimately, man, I just want to be a producer and write and develop. I feel like that's my knack for some reason. You know, I did it. I was there at the beginning stages of like Bieber. And then I was there at the beginning stages of Maddie and Tay, obviously, yeah. and helped create and develop that and it turned into what it is i just feel like that's my that's my thing man you know just helping people create and do what they need to because i've been there done that know what works and what doesn't but again it's just the way it's what's worked for me you know and i could that's why i try to tell everybody i'm like man this i don't think this is the only way to do it or the right way but it works you know because i have the old school mentality the way we came up in Deep Ellum days, you know, hustling, just trying to... Flyers, hustling. Bro. Yeah. We, our band made stickers, like little bitty stickers that said vaudeville on it. And every show we throw them on the, throw them in the stalls, in the urinals. Yeah. Anywhere. But yeah, I just, I just want to be writer, producer, man, and just kind of develop talent, you know, and see where that goes. All right on, man. Well, dude, I've always thought you were a hell of a guitar player at times, you know, even... So good that it was irritating to me, like that <laughs> I, I would that. I would tell Adam like, man, fuck that dude, don't bring him over here. That <laughs> ain't making us all look bad. But uh, you know, as I watched you become, you know, a musician, a young, well, I'm not gonna, I don't mean this in a derogatory way, a young dumb musician mm-hmm. to the way you matured into a, you know, into songwriter, and now the stuff coming out of your studio, dude, mm-hmm. it just sounds amazing. I'm not Thank kissing you. your ass. No, no, I appreciate it. And, and you and I are friends right. outside of this, right. and 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 I've always been honest with you. Right? Yeah, you have. When you were fucking up, I'd like, dude, yep. you can't do that. You yep. need to chill the fuck out, yep. or you know, <laughs> because you and Adam. I felt like a brotherhood with you right. guys that I could talk to you like that, right. you know. Right. Uh, but yeah, I'm super proud of everything you've done, Thank man. You, man. And, and, it means and, a lot. And I'm, you know, I know that we tried to plan doing this for a while, yeah. and I'm glad we're doing it, dude. I'm glad it's an honor to be here. No, man. It, it's seriously pleasure is mine. But you know what? Questions coming next. Here we go. <laughs> it's easy. You should know this one. <laughs> if breakfast was included, man, what would you have? Um, chorizo and eggs and homemade tortillas. All oh, right, on. I, had, I mean, every weekend at my house, dude, because I'm always gone during the week, and so I don't eat breakfast during the week. But on the weekends, Saturday and Sunday, man, it's... I had that. I went to see my mom today. That's what she made me. <laughs> I swear to God, I swear to God, <laughs> dude, that's it. Chorizo and eggs and homemade tortillas. It has to be homemade though. Yeah, Can't, flour has to. I want to feel that little that little flour little on my flour. fingers. <laughs> If I don't feel that, man, take that back. I'm good. I know, right? <laughs> but yeah, that's it, man. Well, cool, man. Anything you got? Anything coming up? You wanna? We wanna? Uh, you wanna uh, push your studio? Man, yeah, RDR Studios. If y'all looking to get in, do any demos and stuff like that. Um, I'm doing some shows with Zach Malloy and those guys with the cover group. We're doing '90s group. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're doing that. Me, uh, Zach Malloy, Todd Pipes from Deep Blue Something, and uh, Vinny Dombrowski from Sponge. Okay. We're called Monster Joe, basically playing all their hits and then doing a bunch of Cover. other. Yeah, I did something. I worked for, uh, they were, I think the people who put that together okay. also put that thing together with the guy from Better Than Ezra. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Sugar well, Ray guy and the Tonic guy. And well, the, I, I got to do a couple of, sh- or wait, one show with them as a Their tech. drummer for Better Than Ezra was supposed to do our shows with yeah. us too, but I guess they had their shows with Tonic that they were doing. Yeah. So they weren't, he wasn't able to come join us on it, but. It's, yeah, so they do all their songs and they throw out cover yep. songs. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, it's thing. fun, man. It was, cool. It's cool doing it, just watching these guys, you know, that I grew up with right playing on. their songs and 
Like, okay, playing breakfast at Tiffany's with the dude that sings it. Let's go. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So, All right, yeah, Jude. Well, it, thanks man. a lot, man. Thank you, bro. I appreciate your time. And, uh, do, do you like this? Do you enjoy it? I love it, man. It's cool. I listen right. to it every day. I oh, mean, every man. time a new episode comes out, I listen. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, thanks. man. All right, brother. Thank you. Right on. Jude Dylan Martinez. We'll just call him Jude Dylan. I think that's his professional stage name. Uh, anyway, that was a lot of fun. I hadn't spoken to Jude in quite some time, but it was good to catch up with him. And uh, I'm really excited to see what he has coming up. Check out Rob Brooks, this guy he's producing. That's pretty cool. Uh, I hope to get him on the show soon. All right, guys, I am done. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you next week. Happy belated birthday, Nikki.